because you can't really have a thoroughly grasp the New Testament until you have a working knowledge of the old. So, but be that as it may, a few scriptures here today from the Old Testament. You know, tomorrow being Memorial Day, it's a day in which we remember the soldiers who died while serving in the United States Armed Forces. And, you know, God puts great importance on remembering special events. He puts great importance on remembering special events. And that's what tomorrow is all about, remembering those who have fallen on the, on the battlefield. Uh, notice in Exodus 12, verse 14, Exodus 12, verse 14, this has to do with Passover. Remember when the death angel went through the land? Remember that? And, and, and God instructed Moses to have everyone apply the blood of the lamb to their doorpost to their house. And he said, when I see the lamb, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I'll what? I'll pass over. Remember that? And so this verse 14, Exodus 12, 14 has to do with that. So this day shall be to you, speaking of the Passover, shall be a what? A memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. So that was something that God told them, them to remember, to remember. Also in Joshua chapter four, if you want to go there, uh, remember Joshua led the people across. Remember what river it was that they crossed? Jordan River, remember that? And uh, of course, Moses, the parting of the Red Sea, Joshua, it had to do with the Jordan River. But notice here, uh, Joshua four, verse six, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask, in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? See, uh, the Lord directed Joshua to get 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of, of Israel, and take those stones and set them up so that when their children would ask, what do these stones mean, they would, they would understand that it was the crossing of the Jordan. Notice verse 7. Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a what? A memorial to the children of Israel forever. Did you know forgetting is a real big enemy, isn't it? God tells us again and again in in the word to be people of remembrance. Now, there are some things we need to forget. Forgetting those things which are behind, you know. But there's a lot of things that he wants us to remember. And, uh, uh, you know, the Bible cautions us about being doers of the word and not hearers only. And then it goes on to talk about hearing and what? And forgetting. Being not a forgetful hearer. You know, there's a lot of forgetful hearers, isn't there? And if you just hear the word of God, you don't, you know, you forget it, it's not going to do you any good. You got to hear it, remember it, and act on it. Is that correct? And uh, so forgetting is, a, is a, a big problem. I remember when I taught school, I would, uh, I would review, the day before a test, I'd review. And again and again, I would have students say on the day of the test, they would say, you know, I remembered that yesterday, but today I forgot. And knowing, knowing something yesterday didn't help them when the, the day of the test came. And so the Lord is big on memorials and remembering certain things. And so anyway, uh, today, 
along with those who greatly sacrificed in the U.S. military, I would like to remember those who have served and sacrificed even to the point of death in the army of the Lord. In the army of the Lord. Those who have gone before us and served, and we're going to look at some of which died in the, on the battlefield in the army of the Lord. You know, we're the body of Christ, but we're also, the Bible talks about us being members of the army of the Lord. Is that right? Soldiers. Is that right? And so I just want to go through some of these folks who maybe you haven't thought about in a while, but uh, just, just seem good to the Lord to do that today. First of all, Abel. Abel was slain by his brother as a result of offering his tithes to God by faith. Ever think about that? Offering tithes to God by faith, got Abel killed. Killed in the, right on the battlefield, so to speak, of offering tithes and offerings to God by faith. And his brother killed him. Noah, while the whole world lay in sin, Noah was a preacher of righteousness who for some 100 years continued to build the ark and call people to God without any converts. Did you ever think about that? Man preached a hundred years and had no converts. Besides his family, had no converts. But he just kept right on preaching. He kept right on preaching. The flood's coming. There's a flood coming. There's a flood coming. Bible calls him a preacher of righteousness. And he continued to build the ark for some 100 years. And through Noah and his family, God was able to perpetuate humanity. How many of you are thankful for Noah? We should remember him and his, his righteousness in the midst of a sinful generation. You know, you think it's bad now, and, and things have gotten pretty bad, haven't they? But think about the days of Noah where God couldn't find any righteous upon the earth except Noah and his family. And then there's a man called Job, a man who lost all, yet refused to curse God and die. Then there's this man called Abraham, a man who left all and traveled to an unknown land, a man who believed God, a man who was willing to sacrifice his only son, and a man through whom God was able to establish his covenant of redemption in the earth. Because Abraham was willing to go sacrifice his son upon that altar through covenant It was that act of believing God and trusting God that allowed God to send Jesus to Calvary. How many of you are glad for Abraham? And then there's a man named Joseph that we should remember, a man who had dreams from God. And those dreams seemed to always get him in trouble. A man who was faithful in spite of numerous unfair circumstances yet a man who God used to preserve the Jewish nation. And then there's this man called Moses. Has anybody ever heard of Moses? A man who refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He wasn't interested in titles. A man unafraid of Pharaoh's wrath. He wasn't afraid of what the king would do to him. He was more concerned about obeying God. Moses was a man who chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. A man who humbled himself under the mighty hand of God and God delivered God's people from Egyptian bondage. We should remember Moses.
And then there's this man named Joshua, a man who was loyal to his mentor, Moses. See, he served under Moses, Joshua. He was loyal to his mentor, Moses. A man, Joshua, a man who saw victory in the midst of impossible situations. You remember when they sent the 12, when Moses sent the 12 spies out, remember that? And Joshua, and who was the other one? Caleb brought back word and said, we're well able to take the land. We should remember people like Joshua and Caleb who can see victory in the midst of defeat. I can learn uh, a lot from Joshua. I can learn a lot from Caleb. We should all learn from them that while, while the situation looks bleak and things look hopeless and it doesn't look like there's any way that we can do what God has told us to do, yet in the midst of that, we must say we are well able to take the land. And then there's this lady named Rahab. She was a woman. How many of you know God can use women just as well as he can use men? Rahab was a harlot. But think about it. She risked her life by hiding the Israeli spies. Remember that? She risked her life by hiding the Israeli spies, the spies that Joshua sent in. Remember? And we should remember too, Rahab is listed in the lineage of Jesus, the Messiah. Don't ever forget that Jesus can make the harlot holy and the prostitute pure. Is that right? Amen. And then there's this man named Samuel. You say, Pastor, what, what are you doing here today? We're remembering those who have gone before us. We're remembering those who have sacrificed in the army of the Lord. Samuel, a man born from a barren womb. Think about that. You know, God is a supernatural God, isn't he? And Samuel was a man born from a barren womb who rose to be one of the greatest prophets. A man who anointed the first two kings of Israel and is the only prophet to prophesy from the grave. You can think on that. Elijah, Elijah, Anybody ever hear of Elijah? He was a man who prayed and caused it not to rain on the earth for three and a half years, then prayed again and caused it to rain. A man who stood in the face of the false prophets of his day and called down fire on the altar of sacrifice. Elisha was Elijah's servant, known as, one, as the one who poured water on the hands of Elijah. You know, one of the things I learned from Elisha, who was a great prophet in the Bible, and uh, he had a double portion of the anointing that Elijah had. But it's interesting, as you study into Elisha's life, he was not concerned with titles. Like Moses, he wasn't, you know, real men of God, real women of God are not concerned with titles. Did you hear what I just said? He was not concerned with titles. But he was known, think about it, one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, he was known as the man who poured water on the hands of Elijah. What does that tell us about this man, Elisha? He was a, real loud say, servant. servant. Yeah, he was a servant. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you be the servant of all. Did you hear what I just said? You serve people. 
And this man, Elisha, he served his mentor, Elijah. He was known as the one who poured water on the hands of Elijah. A man who followed Elijah and was extremely loyal to him. A man who would not leave his mentor's side. A man who picked up Elijah's coat and struck the waters of the Jordan and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the waters parted this way and that. Remember that? A man who was so saturated with the power of God that his dead bones were able to raise the dead. And then I think of David. Ever hear of David? He was a man willing to care for a few of his father's sheep. Remember that? See, we think of King David. You got to think how he started out. He was concerned for a few of his father's sheep. Remember when the prophet Samuel came to anoint the next king who would be David. Remember he looked at Eliab, Abinadab, Shammah. Remember that? And, 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 and Samuel thought, surely one of these must be the, 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 the king. And, and the Lord stopped him and said, no, no. No, 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 no. Remember that? How many remembers that? And, and, and so he said to, to Jesse, he said, do you have any other, any, any other, any other sons? And uh, he said, yeah, there's one out back, you know, tending the sheep. And he called him in and And the Lord said, this is the one. You know, he went on to tell Samuel that man looks on the outward, but God looks where? On the the inside, on the heart. Do you ever think about, you see, Eliab, Abinadab, Shammah, when we looked at them, uh, Eliab, he stood head and shoulders above everybody else, but he was a coward at heart, wasn't he? How do we know that? Because he was out there facing the giant sometime later, remember that? And him and his brothers were scared of the giant, but then there's a little kid showed up named uh, named David, and he said, where is that uncircumcised Philistine? Remember that? And he said to the giant, he said, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. Is that right? He got five smooth stones, and he went out and took down the giant. Is that right? Glory to God. Thank God for David. The sweet psalmist of Israel, a man after God's own heart. And then there's this man named Daniel. Daniel, a man who prayed even when it was against the law to do so. How many of you know we ought to be law-abiding citizens? How many of you know we ought to follow the laws and all of that? But I'm here today to tell you that when the laws of the land go against the word of God, we must obey the word of God. The Bible says we ought to obey God rather than man. They put a speed limit out there, 55, then we need to obey that. Is that right? Is that correct? But if they pass a law that we can't pray on Sunday or any other day, guess where we're going to be on Sunday or any other day? We're going to be right here praying. Can you say amen? A man who prayed even when it was against the law to do so. As a result, he spent the night you know where he spent the night? It wasn't, it wasn't at the Marriott. Where did he go? He went where? He went in the lion's den. Is that right? Spent the night in the lion's den. But he didn't spend that night alone. There was somebody else in there with him. Does anybody know who else was in there with him? It was the angel of the Lord. Is that right? And next morning the king came down to see. And uh, if he'd been eaten up, he wasn't eaten up. He said the 
God, Almighty God, the God of heaven, sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Isn't that wonderful? He came out praising God. And guess what? His false accusers wound up going in the lion's den. Is that right? Somebody said one time, well, the lions, they just weren't hungry. That's why they didn't eat Daniel. Well, read that story and you'll see that when his enemies, Daniel's enemies and false accusers got sent into the lion, thrown into the lion's den. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that they were eaten up before they ever hit the ground. Is that right? Those were hungry lions. Why couldn't they eat Daniel? Why couldn't they eat him? Because he was faithful to God. He was faithful to God and the Bible said he did harm to no man. That's the way we need to be, faithful to God and love people and serve him. Is that right? And then the Bible says that the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I want to be one of those he can't devour. How about you? Let's be faithful to God and faithful to his word and love people. Is that right? And then the lion won't be able to devour us. And then there's the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember those guys? And they were, the king passed an edict or a law that when the music played, you have to bow down and worship the image of the king. Is that right? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I believe they learned some things from Daniel. They, they were contemporaries, you know, and they weren't going to bow down. And so the king said, we're going to give you one more chance. You bow down. If you don't bow, we're going to you know, stoke the fire up and throw you in there. Remember that? How many remembers that? They refused to bow. And then they said something that if you want to be fireproof, this is what made them fireproof. See, most people will say, God, we'll serve you as long as you deliver us. We'll serve you as long as you give us exactly what we want. That's not what they said. You know what they said? They said, we know that our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to serve him. Now, I tell you what, if you want to be fireproof, that's what you have. That's the attitude you have. Can anybody say amen? Glory to God. Say, so we're going to serve God and we know he'll deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're, we're going to serve him anyway. Praise God. You get that attitude about you. And I tell you what, you'll become fireproof, lionproof, and every other kind of proof. Glory to God. And you know the story as well as I, but if you don't, the king had him thrown into the fire. And then in the process of time, the king went down there to check, check in on him. Remember that? And he looks in there and he, he put three in, but how many did he see? Four. He saw the three Hebrew children and then he saw one like unto the son of God. Jesus showed up. Aren't you glad Jesus will show up in the middle of the fire? Is that right? How many of you know God won't exempt you from all fires? There's some fires that, that, that he'll keep you out of, but there's other fires that he'll let you go right through the middle of them. Did you hear what I just said? But I tell you what, if you'll serve the Lord, even in the midst of those fires, and if you keep this attitude about you that we're going to serve God and, and we know he'll deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're going, to, we're going to serve him anyway, you'll go through those fires, but Jesus, he'll be right there with you and you'll be fireproof. You'll go right through the fire, come out on the other side, and not only will you not be burned, you won't even smell a smoke. Isn't that wonderful? So Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And then there's this lady named Esther. Has anybody ever heard of Esther? A woman who rose to power at God's providential hand. She approached the king without being summoned, an act worthy of death. 
yet stood before him and made request on behalf of God's people and as a result, the Jewish people were spared and their enemy was hung on the gallows meant for them. Remember that? Thank God for Esther. Thank God for Esther. And, and as I was studying about Esther, and I studied on her many times, but something jumped out at me. You know, Mordecai was, was her cousin, I believe. Is that correct? Is, is that right? And... and Remember, he refused to bow to Haman. Remember, Haman was like Hitler, the evil guy who wanted to kill all the Jews. And Mordecai refused to bow. And as time came and went, Mordecai, uh, Haman got this law passed to have all the Jews exterminated. And Mordecai made a request of Esther, who had become the queen. And Mordecai was trying to talk her into going in and making a request on the behalf of the Jews, God's chosen people. And she was concerned that if she went in there without being summoned by the king, that she'd be put to death. And it was a legitimate concern on her behalf. And Mordecai said this to her, and I think it's something we all need to learn something from, and you can look it up and study it. But he said to her, he said, he said, perhaps you've come to this position for a time such as this. Remember that? How many remembers that? But then he said something else to her that I think we need to realize. He said, you've perhaps come to power for a time such as this. In other words, God, it appears as though God wants to deliver the Jews through your hand. Talk about Esther. And then this is what I want you to get. He went on to say this. Put it in my own words now, but this is what he said. If you won't obey, God will cause deliverance to come from someone else. God has assigned, I believe, each and every one of us to help certain people in our life and do certain things. And he wants us to be obedient. But if we'll not be obedient and obey God, those people that we were supposed to help, he's not gonna leave them stranded. He'll just get somebody else to help them. But where does that leave us? In disobedience to God. I don't know about you, but I want to do all that God's called me to do. I want to do all that he's assigned me to do. I want to help all the people that he's assigned me to help because those people that he's assigned me to help, he's going to help them. And if I won't be obedient, he'll find somebody else. If Esther wouldn't have been obedient, it's clear. Mordecai said, God will find somebody else. What about Nineveh and Jonah? What if Jonah wouldn't have obeyed? Well, there was a fish and all of that, but you know what? If Jonah would not have ultimately obeyed, I believe God would have sent somebody else because the plan and the purpose of God will be done. It's just a matter of who's gonna get in on the blessing. Now, the flip side of that is that God has some assigned some people in this life to help us. Do you understand that? He's assigned certain people to help us. 
Did you know that those people that he's assigned to help us have not always been obedient to do so? That's why the blessing and the provision sometimes did you notice that it, if it's legitimately something you're believing God for, that, you're, that you need to be believing God for, do you ever notice that it, it will always come? But did you notice sometimes it comes late? It's not late because God's running behind schedule. It's late because the people he wanted to use to get it through to you haven't been obedient. So then he's got to go get somebody else. But he'll meet your need. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? God's will will be done. It's just a matter of are we going to get in on the blessing? I want to get in on the blessing. I want to be used by God. How about you? Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, God's just running late. Doesn't look like he's going to meet my need. No, he'll meet your need. If, he, if it looks like he's running late, it's because the people that he, he, he assigned to bless you have not been obedient to him. So he'll get somebody else. But the provision will come. Does that bother your theology at all? It's all through the Bible. Esther came to power for a time such as that. And God wanted to use her. And he did use her. And he used her. And she was, because she was obedient. But if she had not been obedient, God would have got somebody else. And she'd have missed out on a blessing. Did you hear me? What do we learn from Esther? We learn from Esther that God can take somebody who, this was an unknown girl, unknown Jewish girl, unknown, totally unknown, and God raised her to power. You know, he did the same thing with, with Joseph, didn't he? We talked about him a moment ago. Joseph, just his kid, he had some dreams, and he, he, was in a, he was in a pit, and he was in prison, and he was in Potiphar. I mean, he was in all kinds of horrible things. But didn't God take him and do the impossible and raise him to a position of power? And he did the same thing with Esther, raised her, to a position of power. But even in the midst of that, she still had to be obedient. I'm glad she was, and she stood up for the Jews in front of the king. She put her life on the line, but as a result, the Jews were saved. Can you say amen? amen. The book of, a man named Isaiah who wrote the book of Isaiah, he was a man who answered a call made by God. Remember, God said, who shall we send? Who will go for us? Remember that? The, the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost said, who'll go for us? Who shall we send? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Does anybody remember him saying that? He's known as the Prince of the Prophets. He was not able to turn Judah's destruction. For 40 years, he faithfully preached the message God gave him. And he was faithful to the very end. It is believed he was killed by being placed in a hollow log and sawn into. You talk about somebody dying on the battlefield. Tradition says that, and I believe the book of Hebrews backs it up, that he was put in, the, in a hollow log and evil king Manasseh sawed him in two. And then there's this man named Jeremiah. Have you ever heard of Jeremiah. He was a prophet with an unpopular message to deliver to God's people. He was a man sent by God to a people who would not listen. Why would God send a preacher to a people that won't listen? Because God's a good God and he'll give them a chance. Jeremiah would weep. He's known as a weeping prophet. He would weep on behalf of the people. He'd weep before God. And because of persecution... He wanted to withdraw from his calling. 
He got to the point because his message was a message of judgment. You need to be watchful of ministers that always have a good word in their mouth all the time. They're not sent by God. Did you hear what I just said? Because a real man of God, there'll be a message of repentance and there'll also be a message of blessing. But be careful of a preacher that's always throwing sugar cookies out to the congregation. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? Men of God are sent as flames of fire to bring encouragement and to uplift and all of that. But they're also sent to root up and pull out things in your life that need to be pulled out. Can you say amen? And we live in a day where people have itching ears. They want to be tickled. They want to hear things that they want to hear. And don't misunderstand me. Men of God should stand in pulpits and they should encourage and they should uplift and they should build you up. But if that's all they ever do and there's never a message of of impending judgment or never a message of repentance and that's never there, I'm telling you, you need to be watchful of those people. This nation of the United States would not have liked the prophet Jeremiah. This nation could use some preaching of Jeremiah. How many of you know we all need men and women of God that, under the anointing of God that'll stand in pulpits and step on our toes once in a while? The same Jesus that'll use a man of God to step on your toes will turn right around and heal those toes. You okay? Are you all right? Most of these Old Testament prophets, this nation would not have liked them. I'm talking about the United States. But they were men of God. And I'm so glad that they stood. I tell you what, Jeremiah got to the point where he said, he said, I don't want to do that. Put it in my own words. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to speak anymore in the name of the Lord. Well, every time I do, the people don't like me. I wind up in jail. I wind up in prison. I wind up in stocks. I wind up in this. I'm not going to preach anymore. But then, you know, he said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. And he said, I must declare what God has told me to declare. Can you say amen? amen? John the Baptist. So we just have a few more of these. He stood up and he cried out against the political ills of the day. We need some preachers to stand up and cry out against the political ills of this day. I didn't have this in my notes, but I feel impressed with the Spirit of God. And I said this months and months and months ago, but he wants me to say it again right here. When you have the press running cover for a politician, when you have the press running cover for a president, you've got bad things setting up in your country. Did you hear what I just said? And I want to teach you something else about the devil. The devil will always turn on himself because he's a house divided against himself. That's why he ultimately can't stand. 
If you've been following the news at all, you see that now it looks like the Department of Justice is coming against the press. I said the devil will always turn on himself. Aren't you afraid that they might hear you, pastor, when this goes out over the airways on the internet and they might audit you or they might do this or they might do that to you? We need some men of God that stand up under the anointing of God, not afraid of man or beast. Did you hear me? And certainly not afraid of what people might think. We need men and women of God that will stand up and thunder righteousness and the preaching of the word of God regardless of what anybody might do. I tell you what, we need to be uh, like the prophets of old. We need to be like John the Baptist and cry out regardless of the consequences. Can anybody say amen? These people that we've talked about today, they face the same kind of stuff that we're facing only far worse. And they refuse to bow. They refuse to give in. They refuse to compromise. They refuse to water it down. They refuse to, 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 to make it where everybody just liked what they were saying. But they stood up and they said, thus saith the Lord God. Can you say amen? And if they hadn't have done that, we wouldn't have this Bible today. You hear me? And John the Baptist cried out against the political ills of the day. He cried out against Herod's sexual sin. Yeah, but pastor, they put him in prison and they cut off his head. Yeah, I know that. He died on the battlefield. We remember him today. But Jesus said that he was the greatest prophet ever born of a woman. How would you like having Jesus say that about you? And then I'll throw something else at you that'll bless you. When you say, yeah, but I don't feel like I'm very important. Jesus went on to say, and he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. So next time you're having a pity party, remember that. (laughs) Then Stephen, a man full of faith and power, the first Christian martyr was stoned to death. Stephen, Peter, One of the greatest of the apostles evidently was crucified upside down. James, who was John's brother, remember Peter, James, and John. This James here, he was the first of the 12 apostles to be martyred. On the way to be executed, he showed so much courage that one of his executioners was so touched and moved that he confessed Jesus and made Jesus the Lord of his life and was beheaded with James. John man who wrote the gospel account, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the book of Revelation, tradition says that unharmed after being boiled in oil, they tried to shut him up. He just kept walking in love and teaching the word. They tried to shut him up. He kept walking in love and teaching the word. They tried to shut him up, but he kept walking in love and teaching the word. They tried to shut him up, but what did he do? He kept walking in love and what? Teaching the word, so they boiled him in oil. How would you like to be boiled in oil? And he was unharmed, as tradition says. And then he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. And God gave him the book of Revelation. Andrew was crucified. Matthew was pinned to the ground and beheaded. How did that happen? Why? It was a result of getting us the gospel account of Matthew. How many of you are glad that Matthew didn't water it down and didn't give up and quit? 
Thomas, frequently known as Doubting Thomas, yet he was the first one to say to Jesus, my Lord and my God, he was tortured, run through with spears and thrown into a fiery oven. James, who was Jesus' half-brother, you know Jesus was born of a virgin. Don't ever forget that. But Mary and Joseph had children after that. The Bible is clear, and one of those children was James. Jesus' half-brother, he was a pastor. He didn't believe on Jesus while Jesus was in his earthly ministry, but after Jesus had been raised from the dead, James became a believer, and he became a pastor. And we have the book of James and so on, but he was thrown off the temple tower and had his head beaten in with clubs. He died on the battlefield. Luke, that great physician who traveled with Paul, who gave us Luke and and the book of Acts, he was hung from an olive tree. Mark, ever hear of him? What's the second gospel account? Anybody know? As a result of speaking out against the people of Alexandria and their idol worship, Mark was tied with ropes and then drug behind horses until dead. That's probably what the majority of the people of the United States would do when he got up and cried out against the American Idol and he'd said, don't put that ahead of God. Bartholomew was cruelly beaten, then had his skin peeled before being crucified. Have you ever heard of... Think about that. We read over that just so flippantly. He was cruelly beaten. This is one of the apostles of the Lord. He was cruelly beaten, then had his skin peeled before being crucified. And then Paul, formerly known as Saul, an enemy of Christ, went on the road to Damascus, knocked to the ground by the light that shone from the Lord Jesus. He became a Christian and was used by God to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul was frequently in prison, beaten, exposed to death, once was stoned and left for dead, but he got back up. Say, he got back up. Oh, let's learn from this man. Let's remember this man and learn from him that when he got knocked down, he didn't give up, he got up. Amen? On one occasion, Paul was fed to the lions. But like Daniel, he was delivered and eventually he was beheaded. That man went through hell on earth. We should remember him because he gave us nearly two-thirds, the Holy Spirit through him gave us nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. We should remember these people. Timothy, a young pastor instructed by the Apostle Paul to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, rebuked the pagans in Ephesus over their idolatry. Anytime you put something ahead of God and make that thing more important uh, to you than God, the Bible says you're an idolater. Somebody said, I never make a golden calf and bow down and worship it, but is there anything in your life that's more important to you than God? And Timothy cried out against the pagans in Ephesus over their idolatry, and as a result, he was beaten with clubs and died two days later. As we close, turn to the book of Malachi chapter three. It's important, dear friends, that we remember the soldiers who have served in the military, who have died on the battlefield. It's important that we remember them because it's their shed blood that has provided freedom for us in the United States of America. Can anybody say amen? Amen. And we should remember what they have done. I can stand in this pulpit and preach 
freely this morning because soldiers, brave men, women, they've gone and they've given their lives in service. We should never forget them. And that's what tomorrow is all about. But today we've spent time looking at those who have served in the army of the Lord. And in Malachi 3 verse 13, God says, your words have been harsh against me. He's speaking to the people of that day. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord, yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it's useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we've walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? I wonder if there's anybody in here who's ever said that. It's useless to serve God. What profit is it? We've served God, we've kept the rules. Verse 15, then they went on to say, so now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up. You ever seen that? You're doing right and it looks like you're going backwards and the wicked people, looks like they're going up and being promoted. They even tempt God and go free. See, that's what the people were saying. We serve God and we're going backward. These evil people, they don't serve God and they're being promoted. It's vain to serve God. It's useless. What profit is it? Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. Real loud say the Lord listened and heard them. And notice a book of remembrance. I'd underline that. A book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord. We're talking about Memorial Day. A book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. And God says, they'll be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day when I make them my jewels. I'll spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Let me tell you something right now. All the service that you've done for God is not forgotten. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. All these people that we've talked about today, God remembers each and every one of them. And we should remember them. And all the service that you've done for God, all the times that you've sacrificed to help somebody else and and all the times that you've done everything within your power to help people and obey God. And it looks like you're going backwards and the other person's, the person across the street who's just not serving God and they're they're being promoted. I know it's at that time you you get discouraged. What, what, What profit is it? But remember this, it's not over till it's over. And the Bible says we shouldn't judge anything before the time. And there's going to come be a time coming, according to this, that on the day of judgment, when the righteous receive the reward and the unrighteous are turned into hell. And then he says in verse 18, then in that day, you'll discern again between the righteous and the wicked, between one who, got, who serves God and one who does not. I don't know about you, but I want to be in God's book of remembrance. And of all the people we could remember and everything we could say, there's one person above all else that we should remember and his name is Jesus. Real loud, say Jesus. Jesus. Real loud, say Jesus. Jesus. How many of you know Jesus is greater than Moses, isn't he? How many of you know Jesus is greater than Daniel, isn't he? How many know Jesus is greater than the apostle Paul? Is that right? Why is that? Because he's the son of God, but not only that, he's God the son. Is that right? And so if you don't know Jesus today, I wanna be sure that before you leave, that you know the Lord Jesus. Stand with me if you would. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I know we didn't turn a lot in the Bible today like we normally do, but that's okay. You needed to, just for one service, that's not gonna hurt anything. 
He had a lot of scripture in there. But it's a day to remember those who have gone before us.